I don't know about you, but I love coming to the house of God every week. Worshiping together with other believers. It just does something for your soul, doesn't it? Just fills you, charges you, gets you ready for the week. Now, I don't believe that it should just be on Sunday that you worship God. It should be a daily thing. This should be a lifestyle. This should be a habit. This should be something that is a part of your everyday life where you step into the presence of God every single day. I don't know about you, but I can't parent my kids without the presence of God. I, I can't. I can't be married without the presence of God. I can't walk into Walmart without the presence <laughs> of God. So I don't know about you, but I need him every day. I need him every day. This past week, we had an eventful week in my house. Um, Friday night was my wife's Kendall's 32nd birthday. She turned 32 looking good, had a baby four weeks ago, a month ago, our baby turned a month old. That's our family right here. Our beautiful family. We have Chandler, Malachi, Fallon, and the newest addition, Maverick, we're calling him Mavs, born on May 10th. At what time was he born? It's the fourth kid, y'all. He was born on May 10th. That's all that was. That's what it was. But we are excited what God is doing in our family. And um, God has plans, and we have plans. And God likes to make sure his plans happen. Um, yesterday, we had a great time. If you missed it, men. We had our men's breakfast with all of our men of our church. How many men were there yesterday? Make some noise, men. Let me tell you, men, if you missed it, you missed it. You should have been there. You should have taken time to be there. We had a great time together. But I, I'm excited to preach today. It's been four weeks. I've been cooking something up. I've been sitting back. I've been watching. I've been trying to figure out this fourth kid thing and, and all that. But I'm ready to preach. How many of you are ready to hear the word of God this morning? I'm ready. I'm all juiced up. I'm all prayed up. I hope you're prayed up before you come to church. Because, you know, if you come to church, let me just say something. There's something different between expectation and anticipation. Because you can have actually an expectation for something to happen. And when it doesn't happen, you get let down. But let me tell you, if you have an anticipation for something to happen, whatever God does, when he moves, he's going to move powerfully in your life. So there is a difference between anticipation an expectation. So I hope you're anticipating God to do something today. Because let me tell you, he's going to. It's just, are you going to receive it? Are you? Let me tell you, whatever way you're participating in today's sermon, whether you're in this room, whether you're online, God is going to do something in your life today if you so will allow him. He will speak to you if you'll let him. Do you believe it today? I told you, I'm ready. You got to be ready with me. Let's jump on the train. Let's go. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And while, while you're turning there, why don't you stand to your feet in honor of God's word today? Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be reading verse 6 today. It says this. But without faith. It is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who occasionally seek him. It's not what it says. 
Okay, so he is a rewarder of those who, when they feel like it, seek him. That's not what it says. Let me try again. He is a reward. I, I, did, I took hooked on phonics, so we're going to try this. He is a, some of y'all in the 90s, you don't have no clue unless you were from the 80s and 90s about hooked on phonics. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not occasionally. Not when things are going good do I seek him. Not even when things are going bad only do I seek him. It says in my Bible, I don't know about yours, it says in mine that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I want to preach to you today from the title, Stop Hiding and Start Seeking. Turn to your neighbor next to you and tell them it's time to stop hiding. And turn to the other one that was your second best choice and tell them it's time to start seeking. Father, we thank you for your presence in this room. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you're going to do today. God, refresh our minds, opens our mind. Let us be alert to your word. Let us be alert to your spirit. We ask God that you would speak to us in places of our life that we've yet to hand over to you. We praise you, God. Because you're worthy to be praised. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated. I have a, um, I've got a confession to make. You know, I know normally in some denomination churches, you come to the priest. The priest's going to come to you today. I have a confession to make. I have found another love in my life. Some of y'all are like, wow. But I have found a love in this thing called hide and seek. The game, hide and seek. This is meant to be humorous. I had planned for y'all to laugh in that moment because I set y'all up for that. You know, that was, the, that was so anticlimactic. <laughs> they didn't work, God. They didn't work. Then I listened. But how many of you with me? How many of you love the game hide and seek? Anybody ever played hide and seek as a kid or, or an adult? I like playing it even as a, y'all have, y'all don't have no fun. Y'all just be boring parents, boring kids. But I love the game hide and seek. It's a fun game. It's, it's, it's something that is very, um, um, it's an adult like game, I would say, because I'm an adult and it has to be if I'm going to play the game. But between hiding and seeking, I, like probably most of you who ever played the game, enjoy one role more than I do the other, and that is hiding. That's right. Because who really wants to seek? Like, you got to go. You, like, hiding is, is easy. It's great. I love hiding. Matter of fact, I have a reputation for this as a child. I used to do this all the time. Matter of fact, I, as a child, have won the greatest championship of all hide and seek in my entire family from the ends of the earth to the end of the earth for the rest of my family forever because there was even a time where I hid so well that my mother couldn't find me, my daddy couldn't find me, my brother couldn't find me, the police couldn't find me, the investigators couldn't find me. Little did they know I was playing literally hide-and-go-seek, had fallen asleep in a closet underneath some, like, blankets and comforters. Let's just say I won. I got my butt whooped, but I won. But hiding is easy. 
You go and you find a place to, 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 that no one will see you. You go where, where you, know, you can sit in a place quietly, hoping that you won't be found, hoping that, that people will walk by and they won't even notice you because you're hiding so well. Hiding is easy, isn't it? Seeking isn't as easy. And you see, the reason why seeking isn't as easy is because it requires work. I know that may sound like a curse word today, but it requires work. That's why it's not as enjoyable, because it takes strategy. It takes time. It takes brain power to actually go and search and look and try to find something or someone that you're looking for and attempting and failing sometimes and falling short sometimes. But seeking isn't as easy. The emotions of hoping you find what you're looking for and then you got to chase it. That's the fun part. You got to chase it. You know, in school, you always do like when you were the fastest, you were like, I'll seek because I'll catch you anyway. But if you stay with it when you're seeking, if you stay persistent, if you stay looking and you search hard enough, you will find what you're looking for. You will find the reward, in other words. And I can begin to think about this concept and this idea, idea today. And I wonder how many of us in our life right now that we're hiding in our marriage, in your career, You're hiding maybe even in your faith. And the question is, are you hiding rather than seeking? I want to break this thought down today. Can I preach a little bit today? Is that cool? Can I preach a little? Okay, so as, as we study this, this text, Paul is talking in this, this book of Hebrews. He, Paul is the writer of Hebrews. And as we're studying this text in order to fully understand what he's saying and who he's talking to, we got to really go back and understand the context in which he's saying. Paul is in, instructing a group of people, encouraging a Jewish people that have, are in the church to maintain their faith in Jesus Christ and not return and revert to their old ways. He's writing this letter to implore them, to encourage them. Because we have a group of people who have turned from their old ways. They've turned from their ways of thinking. They've turned from their ways of living, their own mentalities, their perspectives. And now they're being challenged in their faith. And they're wanting to revert back to their old life. You've got to understand that these Jewish people were facing massive persecution. And Paul is writing this epistle, a letter basically, to tell them, don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on your faith that I know it may be hard right now, but don't give up during this momentarily time of affliction. That I know it's hard, but don't give up. This isn't the time to run away. This isn't the time to go hide, hoping that everything will just be overlooked and that someday it will pass by. It's the time to fervently seek the face of God. It's the, it's the time to seek the ways of God, the instruction of God, the will of God. That's what Paul is saying. And during this instruction, he was reminding them of the time when the people of their forefathers held on to faith when their faith didn't make sense. Go read it. Go read, go read Hebrews and go see where in this passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, you will find where he's reminding them, don't forget about Abel and his faithful sacrifice. Don't forget about Enoch. Don't forget about Abraham when it didn't make sense. 
Don't forget about Noah when when he built an ark when rain didn't even happen. And someone said it was going to rain and flood. And they're like, what are you talking about? And he built an ark and out of faith when it didn't even make sense. Don't forget about Abraham, who out of his obedience went to a land unknown to receive an inheritance that God was promising. Go read it. And I, I want to know, did, did you catch if you read in scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about where Abram left out of his obedience, not out of his faith. You see, your faith to believe will follow your steps of obedience. Many times your first step is obedience so you can see an increase in your faith. You don't have to believe to obey. Oh, that'll preach right there. Some of y'all need to hear that today. Shove your spouse. Say, you don't got to believe you don't got to believe to obey. But you see, Paul is imploring the church. And reminding them. That without faith, it is impossible to please God. That it is impossible that we in order to to see our faith grow, we have to diligently seek. The face of God. And then what does it say? It says that he will reward those who diligently seek him. And you see something I've come to find even in my own faith is that there is always a part of the process that we play in order to see the promise that God said. We play a part in the promise. We play a part in the blessing. You're like, well, what do you mean, pastor? You see, your response to the process will determine your reward to the promise. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about, preacher. I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. What does it say? It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For whoever asks receives. Whoever seeks finds. And whoever knocks, the door will be open. Response, reward. If you ask, you shall if you seek, you shall. If you knock, they're going to lock the door. No, if you knock, that's what we do today. The doorbell rings and all the kids want to run to the door. And you're like, shut up, get down. Nobody go to the door. Y'all know it's true. I do it even for the mailman. I'm like, don't open the door. Knock and the door will be open. James 4 even says, draw near to God and he will Process, promise, process and promise. Another scripture, Matthew 16. Says that for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. That's a hard pill to swallow. But God is saying that if you just do your thing your way and you try to save your own life, you're going to lose it. Your truth is not my truth. Your opinion is not my opinion. Your ways are not my ways, he said. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. My ways and thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But if my response is to give up my life for the sake of Jesus Christ, that I will find the very thing that he's promised and I will find the very thing that I'm looking for. Scripture says it. Your response to the process will determine your reward to the promise. In other words, there must be an action before there is an answer. 
Jeremiah 29, 13 also says. And you will seek me and find me. Stop right there. You see, a lot of times when we read this scripture, we think that if we just casually seek him, we'll find him. That if we know when we when it when it feels okay, when we feel good about it and we seek him kind of half heartedly, oh, there you are, God. You know what this makes me think of when I read this scripture? This makes me think of the best scriptural um, illustration I can think of. And that is when I go to tell my kids to go find something in their room and they come back in about 7.3 seconds saying, can't find it. How many parents in the room? You know exactly what I'm talking about. When I know they did not take hardly any effort and they didn't seek with any real effort to find the shoes that somehow have grown their own feet and walked out the door. I don't know. I don't understand it. I did it this morning. I'm like, it's in your room. Just go. It's in your room. It's in the shoebox that's in the bottom of your closet that every day you're supposed to put it in the bottom of the shoebox. Did you go in the room? Did you flip over the boxes? Did you move your dirty clothes out the way? Did you move your toys out the way? Did you really look? Did you? Because if I go in there, mm -hmm. y'all know what I, boy, I tell you, the Nana Jew in me will come out. If I go in there, and if I find them shoes, mm-hmm, we're going to have a meeting with somebody that you don't want to meet right now. And oftentimes what I find is we do this very thing with God. We don't truly diligently seek him. God gives us a promise, but we, we go half-heartedly in the process. God, I really don't have time for this right now. I got too much on my plate, God. I, I, if you only knew with the pressure and the stress that I was under, God, I don't have time for this right now. God, if you could only see the things that I'm dealing with in my life, the pressure, the stress, the things that I'm facing, I don't even have energy to do it right now, God. And oftentimes we blame our issues on God on why we are tired and spent and we give him the leftovers rather than seeking him with what this latter part of this scripture says in Jeremiah 29, 13, where he says "And you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with. Some of my heart. No, it says all of my heart. Your whole heart. Now, let me be clear by saying this. God is not playing this game of hide and seek with you where you're on search for him all the time. That's God's not hiding from you. I want you to know that you're not here searching to try to find some hole or crevice. Let me tell you, as a child, I know every crevice in this church. I can play hide and go seek and find places that you will never find. I will find the other end of the earth through this building. Trust me. But God is not this person who's hiding from you in this place that you can't find. When you're searching for him, he's not trying to get you to give everything you have to find nothing. No, there is something he's trying to teach you in this process when you diligently seek him. And it's just that sometimes in our life with everything, when, when everything is crashing around and we don't diligently seek him, if we don't seek him with all of our heart, if we, if we don't do that, we're not going to find what we're looking for. We will find ourselves missing the very thing that God is trying to do and be for us in our struggle. 
we will miss the promise because we are stuck in the process. And in return, we will revert to our old life, our old ways. And we begin playing this hiding game again, wondering, where did I go wrong? What even happened? And what begins to happen is even in the process of this, we begin to hide in every area of our life. So the question I have for you today is this. What are you hiding in? Are you hiding in your sin? Hoping no one will find out. Are you hiding in things that you know that is not pleasing to God? And so you you hide in sin and you suffer in silence. This is the very kind of conversation I had with our men yesterday where I told them my title was called man up. Because we have men who like to suffer in silence because men are tough. We're going to do this on our own. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Yeah, tell me how that's going for you. So are you hiding in sin today? Are you are you hiding in doubt? Doubting your faith, doubting the people around you, doubting in your life, doubting why you even created. Are you hiding in doubt today? Maybe you're hiding in unforgiveness. I know that person said that thing about you. I know they stabbed you in the back. I know that if you could tell the real story, everything would be different. But you're hiding in unforgiveness. Are you hiding in image? Because you feel like you've got to be something and you've got to put this front on that you are something that you're really not. Do you are you hiding in an image today because of the expectation that you feel other people have of you that they don't even really have? Or maybe you're hiding in your truth instead of hiding in God's truth. Your truth is nothing lined up to God's word. And your truth will be completely destroyed when it's set up alongside God's truth. It's time to stop hiding. So if we're going to ask the question. What are we hiding in? Then we also have to ask the question, what are we seeking? Because I believe not, it's not that everybody's hiding. I believe some of us are actually seeking, but are we seeking the right thing? Are you seeking approval because you have a hole in your value? So you're basing your value on the words of people. Let me tell you, if you're living your life on the on the words of other people, you will find yourself in starvation the rest of your life. If you're waiting for that, that comment or that compliment or that like or that say something or that text, if you're waiting for that, you will find yourself deprived and depleted the rest of your life. You cannot live off of people's words. Are you seeking for freedom because you feel like no one can tell me what to do? So you've decided to live your life your own way. Thinking you're finding freedom in that one. Really, that's not really freedom. That's really binding you up because if it ain't what God says is freedom, then it ain't freedom. Are you seeking for love? And since you've been hurt, you started to try to find anyone or anything that will give it to you. And you're seeking for love in all the wrong places. Thinking, well, they well, they said they love me. Yeah, that's not real love. Well, they said they love me if. Yeah, that's really not real love. I don't care how good he looks. I don't care how good she looks. If they say they love you, but they don't put their money where their mouth is, walk away. Single people walk 
away. Say, get behind me, Satan, get back, flee, run. The Bible says to flee from people like that. So you better run. Tell your neighbor, say, you better run. I'm waiting for somebody to start running out the room. They came to church with that person today. They're like, I'm out. Maybe you're seeking for identity and because you've lost and you feel lost, you've begun altering who God made you to be to fit your feelings. And so you've lost your identity and you're seeking for it, but you're seeking in the wrong place. Let me tell you something. Scripture doesn't say if you seek for love, you'll find it. It doesn't say if you seek for freedom, you're going to find it. It doesn't say if you seek for identity or approval, you're going to find it. You know, what does it say? It says if you seek God diligently with all your heart, with your whole heart, that when you do seek him, it says you will find him. And let me tell you something. And when you find Jesus, you will find love. And when you find Jesus, you will find approval. And when you find Jesus, you will find freedom. And when you find Jesus, you will find identity. You will find your peace. You will find your joy. You will find your purpose. When you seek God, everything else comes. So are you seeking the wrong things? What are you seeking for today? Because when you seek God's will, God's way, you will find the reward, he said. That we will find what we're seeking. So we tend to have this idea about life and we dream about what this life should be, the things that we would like for it to be, the life that we want. But let me tell you something. Matthew 6 says it so clearly. It says, but seek first. Not last, not second, not fourth, not fifth. No, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? All of these things will be added to you. Love, joy, peace, purpose, identity, approval, the life that you're wanting to live, the life that you've been hoping for, the life that you've been searching for and keep running up dry because you tried it your own way. God is standing here today with outstretched arms to say, I'm here to offer you something that is immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine. I want to offer you a life to the full. But the question is, are you hiding or are you diligently seeking? The problem is, I feel like many of us really don't understand or know what it means to diligently seek God. So I could stand here today and say, you need to diligently seek God, but I need to tell you what that looks like. What does it mean to diligently seek God? When I diligently seek him, it looks like arms held high and heart abandoned. In a worshipful atmosphere toward our heavenly father. What it, what it looks like when I seek him is taking time in my day to spend time in his presence. To talk to God, to spend time in his word. What it looks like is when I sit down and I meditate on what he said. To diligently seek his face. It looks like taking time in my day when I don't feel like praying for that person, but I'm going to pray for him anyway. I'm going to pray for my loved ones. I'm going to pray for those people that I can intercede on their behalf. They may not even be a believer, but I can stand there on their behalf and intercede for them. Diligently seeking the will in the face of God for their life. Because I know that if I do that, some point, at some time, God will give me the opportunity to speak life, to speak truth, to speak hope. But if I don't diligently seek him in that process, that opportunity will come and fade. 
diligently seeking him looks like a life that has an open hand of generosity to help people, to build God's church so that way he can reach people that are farther and wider to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's what it means to diligently seek him. Seek first his kingdom. It, it, it looks like when, when you are offering your talent and your, your God-given abilities to see the church be edified and built up. I'm not saying anything that's from my opinion. I'm actually saying all this is in scripture. This isn't my truth. This is God's truth today. But it looks like offering myself as a living sacrifice to God. To see his church edified, to see his people built up to serve the mission that God gave us. It looks like extending grace to those who are struggling and strength to those who are weak. Not pointing a speck in their eye when we got a plank in our own. But ultimately, diligently seeking God looks like full surrender. Full surrender of your will. Full surrender of your own thinking. Full surrender of your perspective and your opinions and your mentalities, your hopes, your dreams for the sake of his. And I wonder how many of us today are hiding from surrender. We're afraid of complete surrender. Well, I like, I like holding on to this part, God. God, you can have all this, but I just want to hold on to this. Because this, this, this makes me feel comfortable. I, I don't know if I can lose. You know what really it's all about is control. We want to control. <laughs> why, why would we, like, let's just, let's just take this analogy for a moment. Why would I not want to give money to, a, to, to an investor that can double and triple my money when I think I can just do it all on my own and I ain't got a clue. I've never been a book. i never read a book. i never gone to college about it. I've never done no economic class about it. I think I would want to put my money in something that I know will return a reward. But yet I want to tr no, I'm going to trust myself when I ain't done nothing to trust. Have, having faith to be able to fully surrender and give God full control of every part of my life. God, you can have my marriage, but, but or you can have my kids, but I, I'm going I'm, to I'm keep my, my, my marriage because I think I can do it better. No, when we fully surrender to him, that's when he can begin to do the immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. That he can do life to the full. Maybe you found a lonely hiding place today and instead of surrendering your life to the one who created you for purpose and created you for destiny and created you for, for eternity, you're hiding. And it's time to stop hiding and it's, top, it's time to start seeking. You see, in this hiding and seeking game, The truth is, Jesus is in pursuit of you. He's not hiding. That Jesus is actually seeking for you today and every day and every moment. The scripture even says that, that Jesus came to seek and save the lost, the hurting, the broken. So in your hiding, he wants you to know that he is in constant pursuit of you, that he will not give up. He will not back down. He will climb over. The song says he will climb over any wall. He'll burst through anything. He is coming in pursuit of you, but you've got to fully surrender. And I believe today it's time to, to wake up and to stop hiding from your heavenly father. And it's time to give a full surrender and allow him to lead your life today.
with every eye closed in this room, every head bowed. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you found your pla- yourself in a place of hiding. You've been hiding from God. You've been hiding in your sin. You've been hiding in your own doubt and hiding in an image of something that you're not. You've been hiding thinking that, well, I can deal with it on my own. Let me tell you, friend, we are all in need of Jesus. I don't care if you've been a Christian your entire life or you've, if you think you're as good as, 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 as the best person in the world, that you're the Kobe Bryant of life. It don't matter. Without Jesus, we are nothing. And Jesus came and he gave his life and he surrendered it all so that you could live yours. And he just says, if you'll just allow me to lead your life, if you'll surrender it to me, if you'll give me the keys, I'll give you a life that you could never imagine. Maybe you've walked in here today and you think, well, I'm a good person. I'm not a bad person. I do good things. Let me tell you, good deeds don't save you. And I believe maybe there's even some Christians today to think that that the way they keep their salvation is by being this perfect person. Let me tell you, you'll never achieve it. There's nothing that you can do to earn or deserve the grace and the salvation of God. Nothing. So if you're in this room today or you're watching somewhere across the world, wherever you may be watching this from. And maybe you haven't fully surrendered yourself to Jesus. You haven't given him your life. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. I want to pray a prayer with you today. The Bible says in Romans, it says that if we confess with our mouth and believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, it says that we will be saved. John 3.16 tells us that for God so loved the world, he loved you that he gave his son. So that way we could have eternal life. So that way when we pass from this life and we breathe our, our last earthly breath, we'll have an opportunity to spend in heaven with him. So if that's you today and you're in need of Jesus today, or you want to turn your life around, you want Jesus to make all things new in your life. If that's you, when I count down from three, I just want you to lift your hand so I know who I'm praying with today. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front or anything crazy. I just want to know who I'm standing with today, who I'm believing with today, who I'm going to pray with today. If that's you, when I count down from three, just shoot your hand up. Ready? Three, two, one. If that's you today, just lift them up. Lift them up. Thank you, Jesus. Lift them up. Lift them up. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift them high. Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. I see those hands. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. I want us to pray this prayer together out loud where our ears can hear it. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me to live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. To die on a cross for me. And three days later, rising from the dead to bring me life and life to the full. I accept you today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said a big amen. Come on, church, why don't we celebrate with every single person who made a decision? God bless you. God bless you. Welcome to the family of God.